This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. Hello and welcome along to episode 110.5 of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott. It's a mini, so you know what that means. Yes, the Dons have sprung into action once again, signing another player this time in the form of Slovenian striker Esther Soclair. And I'm joined by Richard Wilson, the man behind the history of Yugoslav Football Podcast, aficionado of all things, former Yugoslav State Football. Richard, welcome to the show. How's it going? to be here. (laughs) Uh, It is absolutely roasting. Um, I think it is everywhere at the minute, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, indeed, indeed. So let's just get straight into business. So the news today that Esther Sokol had joined Aberdeen on a three-year deal for an undisclosed fee from Slovenian top flight side NK Radonli, former Slovenian under-21 international, 10 goals in 30 games last season in the Slovenian top flight. Uh, 24-year-old striker started his career at NK Krasko before a spell at NK Brasice 1919 joining Radonli last summer, helping them to a seventh place finished in the top flight last season. So I guess, Richard, first things first, what can Aberdeen fans expect from Esther Sokler? Okay. Um, I think in terms of players who could come over from Slovenia into Scotland, you know, he's probably the most natural fit. Um, you know, he is a big, burly striker in a league that doesn't really have uh, much of that. He is, you know, I think probably the easiest way to say is, you know, you sort of compare him very closely to Boyamioski mm-hmm. uh, stylistically. You know, he's very much a penalty box striker. Um, he's very good in the air. Um, and, you know, as with any player coming out of Slovenian football, you know, he's very good technically. Um, you know, his first touch will be better than you know, 90% of players that he's coming up against in Scotland. Um, in terms of expectations, I think it's, it's certainly one way Aberdeen fans, I know you you're getting associated with some really great names. Obviously, Clarkson, we know he's going to come in as a first team player, and you know, hopefully, do extremely well. You know, hopefully, if the signing of Teklic is pulled off as well, you know, you have to set similar expectations for Sokler. It's not that he's not going to be taking that role of you know playing week in week out. I wouldn't expect um, it will be you know as a rotational piece. You know, at the end of the day, with European qualification confirmed, um, you know we know there's going to be at least eight group, sorry, eight European games you know, before you, before Christmas, um, and hopefully many more after as well. Um, and you're going to be in that horrible Thursday Sunday rotation of Europa slash Conference League and uh, and Premiership that is very hard to lead any squad through. Um, 
you know, we see it throughout Europe, teams who are on that schedule really struggle to perform mm -hmm. the season after. So for Sokler to come in, you know, he's probably going to be a player you're going to see quite a lot on those Sundays after the Thursdays, um, you know, with Miosk taking charge in the head states of the, the big European games and, and Sokler being the domestic striker for a while. Um, and then, you know, if he's able to really stake his claim as a, as a place, get more game time going forward. Um, you know, I think really a, a good season for him coming out of the, this next season, we'll be looking at 10 goals and that's not necessarily a massive return, but if you're talking about a rotational player, then you know, that is a, pretty good return for someone you really are bringing on to, to chip in rather than to score the bulk of your goals. I guess as well, there might be a little bit of expectation on him straight off the door, straight off the bat, because Boyan Miofsky obviously suffered quite a bad injury back end of last season. Um, really, really bad uh, tackle against St Mirren and he hobbled off with his, I don't know any breaks, it looks like his ligament damage more than anything else, but it might be doubtful Miofsky's at full fitness ready to rock and roll first game of the season. So there might be, you know, there might be a requirement for him to come in here and kind of hit the ground running a little bit. And I'm just trying to cast my eye back to think about this would be the first Slovenian player to have ever played for Aberdeen. Um, obviously Aberdeen have branched out a little bit in terms of our scouting network and our recruitment over the last few years, um, in particular with the likes of Miofsky, Ramadani, obviously coming in from the Hungarian league, uh, being linked, as you say, with uh, Tonio Teklic and, and, and others. Do you think from a, you know, I look at Sokler a little bit differently from Miofsky in the sense that Miofsky had at least moved around a little bit already. Um, this will be the first time he's moved out, out of Slovenia. Do you think that the adaptation into a different style of football, do you think that'll be something that might take a little bit of time for Sokler, do you think? Um, I mean, comparing Slovenian football to anywhere, it's, it is quite different, you know, particularly yeah. to Scotland. It is, you know, a really different style of football um you know i think we in scotland you know we pride ourselves almost on you know sort of having this real blood and thunder approach to things in slovenia is very much a, a slower style of game it very much more technical um and you sort of, as i say that's where that's where the focus of development is um in making sure that anyone who is able to succeed in that league has you know those really basic tools in terms of being able to uh, have, have the first touch, have um, th the decision making in with him, but um, not so much in terms of the physical uh, element of things. I know, you know, when I've been looking at the league for Scottish clubs um, previously, you know, a lot of the concerns that came out when we were looking at players was, you know, do they actually have the physical ability to be able to cope with, you know, playing against hearts <laughs> um, <laughs> and how they may go about things. And a lot of the time the answer is no. Now, you know, Sokler naturally uh, is built to withstand that sort of, of, of punishment. Um, as it is in terms of moving out of Slovenia, I think one big thing that people probably don't realise so much about Slovenia, about Croatia as well, um, is you know, 90 odd percent of the people speak English fluently. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, I think people still think, you know, Slovenia is the Balkans and the Balkans as, you know, what it was in the 1990s. Um, you know, it's certainly not the case anymore. I think if you told most Slovenians that they were in the Balkans, they'd be um, quite offended. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, it is a, a modern a modern Western-facing country um, and everyone's, you know, I, I think knows at least one other language because they're at some point they've been looking to get out um 
in from a footballing perspective, I don't think it's um, such a bad thing to have seen him be within Slovenia his entire career so far. Um, I think one of the things you've got to bear in mind is, you know, when we talk about his the sides that are in his past so far compared to Miofsky, you know, Miofsky was obviously coming through in Macedonia, really tiny, dirt poor sides. Mm-hmm. And you can pick up players from there who are very good, um, very good prospects for absolutely nothing. And in Slovenia, it's similar, but not as many people are looking. Um, Slovenia is a developmental league that leagues a little bit bigger than them are using to uh, loan their own players to and develop their own players rather than necessarily bringing through their own prospects. When you see um, prospects leave Slovenia, they tend to be going uh, 15, 16, uh, and they tend to be going to Italy. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it with uh, Luca Makar, uh, moved from Donzal to Roma fairly recently. Uh, Benjamin Sesco, of course, uh, the most famous current example, mm-hmm. uh, and his time in uh, Salzburg. Players, you you are getting a good education. That is one of the other key mm-hmm. things that you are shopping in that region for. Because, yeah, okay, Soccer's 24. But if you're going shopping someone from, let's say, been in the Liverpool youth system or in the City youth system, by the time he's got to 24, he might have had a few loans here and there, but he's probably only got maybe 40, 50 senior appearances. For Soccer, he's got, you know, off off the top of my head without looking. <laughs> um, it's got at least 80, 90 uh, in, his, in his history so far. And you know, that has been playing uh, a range of, of clubs. You know, he originally came through, as you mentioned, at uh, Kisco. Uh, when he came through at Kisco, I think he spent the first, about 25 appearances in his first full season, didn't score a single goal because the side were absolutely nearly bankrupt and um, there wasn't anything around him to provide him with anything. Um, He then took that step down uh, to Brzeice in the the second tier in press there, got his second chance in Viva Liga level at uh, Cellier. Um, Now Cellier fairly recently were champions, but as soon as they became champions, the team promptly got sold and fell apart very quickly and spent the following two seasons uh, in a bit of a mess and looking, you know, relegation in the face, really. Um, and that's the sort of environment he joined there. It wasn't a very successful spell, but it wasn't a very successful spell for anyone involved at the club yeah. that season. Going to Radomier, you know, again, he's at a side where there was a little bit of expectation coming into last season. They finished um, the 21-22 season extremely strongly. Um, you know, for the spring, they were the best side in the league. Then it all fell apart very quickly with a few injuries uh, at the start of this season um, to defensive pieces. And they were uh, they were pretty much bottom at the end of the autumn. They changed manager over the winter. And obviously his hit form, uh, he scored the, the 10 goals um, that he's pulled off this this last season um, because it was still in that sort of hinterland where I don't know whether to call it this season or last season <laughs> yet um, <laughs> and you've done what I think people expected him to do you know he's always when you watch he's always had the positioning he's always had the fundamentals to be able to score goals he's just needed to be in a team that is actually in any way shape or form in form mm-hmm. or good <laughs> uh, to be able to do that and that's what he's done this spring, given that opportunity. 
and it's funny because there's so many parallels with Miofsky here in that not just the fact they actually physically look very similar. I can <laughs> see that I can see a lot of people being very confused in at Pataudry next season um, if you're looking from a distance. But it's kind of similar parallels to I think what we saw with Miofsky because Miofsky wasn't necessarily pulling up trees at Budapest last season, but that was a, a Budapest side who were hurtling towards relegation at the time and clearly weren't creating a lot of chances. But the Aberdeen scouting network and the analysts had obviously found something in the numbers that pointed towards you put him in a team that's creating chances, chances are he's going to be in a good position to put them away. And that's what we've seen obviously this season, especially with Leighton Clarkson being in there to help create as well. And it's, it is interesting. It's exactly what you touched on earlier on that. I think there's, there's that level of um, similarity, which I think points towards this being a, hopefully a similar sort of signing from Aberdeen's perspective, try to look in amongst the numbers to try and find players with the fundamentals who are maybe not playing at the biggest of teams therefore perhaps not showing their greatest potential and seeing where you can kind of go with it. And I think the fact as well, I think it smacks to me again, looking at it right now, as exactly what you said, it's building the squad, isn't it, for European rigors next season. It doesn't feel to me like he's coming in as a replacement to me. Obviously, it feels like he's coming in to complement the the front well, the front two of Duke and Miofsky as they are at the moment. Yeah, and ultimately, if you are having going to have that level of rotation that's forced upon you by Europe, what you want to be doing is bringing in similar players. Yeah. You want to be sticking to, you want to say, we have a game plan. This has worked for us under Bayer Robson so far. We are buying into that. Well, you know, so Claire Queen has a player who is similar to, to Miofsky. It's part of that. You want your rotational pieces to not break up the fluency strategically, tactically, and of the side of the players in the side who aren't being rotated as well. Um, to that, so they that they know that they're working the ball into similar positions for the striker to be able to you know, ho- hopefully take those chances. Um, and I think it's it's a good signing in terms of the market as well. Um, you know. I think it comes naturally with expectation because he's not from League Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's an unfortunate way of life of how it's been in the past decade in Scotland yeah. um, is that people have shopped very, very local. Um, and it's been to the detriment of the game as a whole, I think. Um, you know, I think if you're doing this sort of expansive recruitment policy when it was the days of Ronnie Dyler at Celtic and Aberdeen actually pushing for, um, you know, potentially title challenges and things like that, um, then something really interesting um, could have come from it. Um, as it is, you know, is we know there's the the two who shall not be named. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, there's always going to be a case of working smarter. Uh, the thing with Slovenia and the thing with uh, almost all of that region is that it is pretty cheap. Um, you know, I think Croatia, when, when we... If it comes around to Teklic signing and we'll see what obviously the fee is there, I think that's a slightly more mature market where you're going to have to pay something close to the market rate. Mm-hmm. For Soclair, you know, the fee that I've seen around the Slovenian media said between 300 and 400,000 euros. Um, so you're talking about working upwards from a quarter of a million. Yeah. Redomnier's record fee before that was for Mark Sabakovnik, um, who's a current under-21 international uh, midfielder who scored against England in the Euros last season. And that was 150k. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's a massive fee for the ecosystem uh, of Slovenian football, even if it's not really such a stretch for Aberdeen financially because of what we know is, is coming in. Mm-hmm. And wage-wise as well, 
you know, I think this would probably be the first contract that Sutcliffe's signing where he's going to be getting more than a grand a week mm-hmm. um, because Slovenian football doesn't pay. He doesn't have the money to do so. And he's never, Selly might have pushed close to that um, as they are, they're the most moneyed club in uh, Slovenian football, sort of the equivalent of City in terms of their funding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, certainly that is not something Rodomie would uh, would be paying. Um, I doubt they'd even be paying half that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's one of those ways. Both uh, idea, like I say, of good data scouting um, is obviously I say you, you're looking at the fundamentals, but also knowing where you can get the value for money that um, you can't necessarily get elsewhere. Uh, you know, for the same standard of player. In England, you know, you will be paying three, three grand a week probably, yeah. and soccer probably won't be on that. Let's be quite honest. Um, and there's more resale value there too. You know, even if we accept, you know, the fee will probably be loaded with sell-ons. Mm-hmm. A good eighteen months to the championship, you're talking about being sold on probably for a seven-figure fee. So, yeah, exactly. and that's good profit all round. And that's where I see the kind of sensibleness of this move, especially because I reckon you know, Marley Watkins has obviously just been released by Aberdeen. Um, I reckon Marley Watkins was on a, a pretty healthy wage at Aberdeen. It was obviously a backup player last season. There was a little bit of me was surprised we didn't keep him on because Robson seemed to like him. But it's that use of smart budgeting again, is it, in the sense of, well, if you can get a guy in who's much more complimentary to what you're trying to do at less money, potentially, then, you know, that all makes sense. And there's resale value there as well, as you say, which there wasn't for Marley Watkins. So. Yeah. Um, I guess just in terms of the overall movie yourself, surprised by it? Kind of wants to come out of left field as far as you see it as well? Um, I'm surprised at the look in there. Um, and that's not as a, a criticism as Soclair. I think it's probably a criticism of Slovenian football in general. Um, it doesn't do a great job of promoting itself. Um, it isn't something where uh, lots of scouts are looking I don't feel um you know how it is sort of in the ecosystem around there I you have sort of probably it's the best league in the region mm-hmm. is the Croatian top flight then you have obviously the Croatian second tier the Slovenian top tier is in between those two um you know for Rodomi they are Hajduk Splits farm club so mm-hmm. the players they don't want to send to the second tier tend to go to Rodomi because they know they're going to be exposed to a slightly different style of football and it's also slightly higher quality uh, than they can get in the second tier in, in Croatia. Um, I don't think it's a massive surprise in terms of him necessarily getting that move. That said, he was uh, targeted by Maribor. Um, so, you know, so you, you're talking about Slovenia's preeminent club you know the 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 only club in Slovenia anyone outside of Slovenia really knows Mm -hmm. uh, very well let's be if if you're entirely honest um so you know he's obviously turned down the charms um of that club too and he if he was going to Maribor he would have been going to Maribor as a replacement for Zan Vipotnik who Mm -hmm. is a Slovenian international striker who will be going this summer so he's turned down the opportunity to have you know arguably the most coveted striking slot in the uh, in the Piva Liga to take his chances at Aberdeen, which obviously shows that there's been a good amount of persuasion um, from Aberdeen side, whether that's monetary or just charm, um, <laughs> to bring him into to get him to buy into the project. Barry Robson's maybe promised him a pint at the Black Bull in Inverurie. <laughs> maybe that's what's happened there. Listen, Richard, it's 
been brilliant to get a chance to talk to you just to get a little bit of an insight into our uh, our new signing. Oh, well, I say that now. Let's uh, touch some wood based on the fact that he gets his international clearance and work permits and all that through. But I'm presuming that's all squared away already, given they've already announced it. It's quite a, a weird one. For some reason, when the um, GB work permit thing came out post-Brexit, the Slovenian league is one where actually playing in it earns you points towards it. And there's much 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 better leagues than Slovenia which doesn't mm. um its inclusion was quite odd to me um but yeah certainly from the, a points perspective and in terms of the work I mean this is one thing about the Scottish work permit system compared to what it was up until this week in England is that the appeals panel process was still in Scotland when it wasn't in England mm. um so you know there was never the necessity for players to meet a a particular points hole because we always had this sort of exclusion where we could say uh, actually we think this player will be decent so we'll let him play um now obviously they've changed that in england this week so we'll see how that changes there might be a bit more competition for this sort of signing going forward hopefully not um because you know we all want to see uh scottish football mm-hmm. push on a bit um but i mean that's i think i think it's sort of hit the sweet spot timing wise um in, in this particular case yeah absolutely Listen, we'll let you go, but Richard, um, before you do go, are we plug for the show, for the podcast? Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't... I've never for your podcast, sorry. I thought oh, we were going to do it. God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I never plug things. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my attempt at corporate shilling. Yeah, I'm, I do the History of Yugoslav football podcast, um, which is about 50% um, actually going through the full history of football in the region from the Roman times when it was originally picked up in Dalmatia through to um, through to the Yugoslav Wars and a little bit beyond. And also the other 50% of just talking about what's going on uh, for, throughout the region from Slovenia all the way down to Macedonia and Kosovo. Uh, and the wild world of match fixing and skullduggery that is Serbia as well. <laughs> Top man, Richard, thanks for joining us on this, this Friday evening. To talk about Esther Soklar and hopefully with any luck fingers crossed might be back again soon to talk about Tony Oteklich with, 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 with any luck Richard Wilson thanks very much take care thank you This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds!